Don't just go through life, grow through it. Hi, and welcome to the Grow Through It podcast with Fee Dang. My name is Fee, and I am a human design life coach known as the Positivity Queen and author of The Great Unlearning, Awakening to Living an Aligned and Authentic Life. Join me as I discuss all things mindset, self-love, energy, and purpose, which are the four pillars of my Soul Revolution coaching methodology. This podcast won't just inspire and motivate. It will also provide practical tips and strategies you can implement in your daily life. Ready to grow? Let's grow. Hi, beautiful soul. This week marks one third of my life without my dad. 10 years, a decade without him. And it feels so strange and surreal to say that. And I wanted to do this podcast on the day, inspired by grief into gold, pain into power, but sometimes you can't make your pain productive. You can't channel your pain into purpose. And that was the other day for me. I had this idea that I would just grieve for an hour and then do something inspired by my dad, which was to clean. You know, he was obsessed with cleaning and help others by doing a podcast on my unlearning with grief. The day had other plans for me. I was deeply sad and stayed in bed until 2 p.m. I didn't feel like doing anything at all. I meditated for 20 minutes in bed and even that was a struggle. Then I dragged myself to the beach for a swim and that did make me feel better But I was disgruntled at, you know, how many people were at the beach, how close the waves were breaking to shore. You know, it was that type of vibe, focusing on the negatives instead of the positives, such as, you know, only had to cross the road to go to the beach. It was a beautiful day and being in the water was so healing and rejuvenating. I mainly wanted to stay inside and, you know, go into hermit mode. But with my partner's encouragement, we went out, did Christmas shopping together and he cooked a delicious dinner for us. Bless him. Over the past 10 years, I've navigated the intricate, layered landscape of death, darkness, depression, and shadows, and truly the light I've seen, found, and experienced despite it is a testament to us as humans for our ability to live and heal, our profound ability to be resilient, adapt, and a testament to how deeply we can love. 10 years ago, my whole life was turned upside down when I just turned 20 and lost my dad to bowel cancer. The pain, heartache, and suffering that followed were some of the hardest moments of my life, yet at the same time, beautiful seeds of hope, purpose, and light were planted in the darkest of moments. In this episode, I am sharing 10 unlearnings that I've had after losing my dad 10 years ago. Unlearning doesn't mean dismissing or erasing the memory or significance of loss, nor does it mean forgetting. Unlearning is about authenticity, adapting, and navigating to the reality that is post-loss, processing ways to cope and grieve, as well as honouring one's emotions associated with loss and grief. Unlearning involves adapting to the new reality, finding ways to cope, and gradually shifting your relationship with the emotions associated with grief. Now, it goes without saying this episode is going to talk about grief, death, darkness, so a bit of a trigger warning before we go into the episode and so let's begin the learning grief is negative and something to be fixed the unlearning grief isn't negative or something to be fixed it doesn't need to be repressed but expressed and honored 
grief is a journey to be navigated. Grief is not something to be ashamed of. Grief does not need to be hidden. We're conditioned to view sadness as an inconvenience, a disruption to our otherwise normal lives. The truth is, grief is a complex and individual process that cannot be neatly packaged into a one-size-fits-all. When we just label grief as negative, it's a blanket assumption and we are overlooking the profound growth and resilience that can emerge from facing loss head on. Grief isn't a sign something is broken. If anything, it's a sign it's all working. We are human, we feel, we connect. It is an inevitable part of life, the cycle of life. And so why don't we often see grief as a problem to be fixed? Society's discomfort with the unknown the unpredictable, the uncomfortable, plays a significant role. We are attuned to instant gratification and quick fixes, instead leaving little room for space and life unfolding at its own pace that we cannot control or change. It's toxic positivity, that it isn't okay to be less than in a happy or perfect space. Acknowledging grief as a natural response to loss, we create space for healing and self-discovery, Trying to suppress or eliminate grief only perpetuates the misconception that vulnerability is a weakness, hindering the natural progression towards acceptance. Imagine growing up where grief is as normal as happiness, where grief is as openly demonstrated and shown as happiness. People mean well when they say that grief won't last forever, everything will be okay. They want you to be happy, to keep pushing and moving forward, but when you're in the thick of grief, you are craving acknowledgement of what's happened rather than solutions and repair. It's the validation and recognition something painful and traumatic has happened that will forever change your life. It's the acknowledgement and an integral part in the journey of life has taken place. Grief plays a part in the fairy tale and the dream. You can experience grief and still have a dream life or that fairy tale ending, if you will. That didn't happen immediately after the grief, but it's definitely turned out that way, at least in my life anyway. And I share this to inspire and show you that it is possible that despite growing and go, <laughs> I think I said subconsciously, like going through that grief, I really like grew with the grief and I am really happy now for the most part. Like despite losing my dad, there is so much joy and happiness and it's very much inspired by him. The learning. Grief is to be processed mentally. The unlearning. It's so important to grieve in your body. In traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, the concept of organs extend beyond their physiological functions to include emotional and energetic aspects. Each organ is believed to be associated with specific emotions and the lungs are linked to grief. The lungs are the seat of grief where grief is stored. It feels like the tightening of the chest, it's hard to breathe or shallow quick breathing. It's when it's hard to breathe slowly and deeply. Other symptoms which may indicate grief in the lungs, coughing, allergies, a tendency for or constant colds and flus, respiratory symptoms, weakness in voice, voice loss, chest congestion, bronchitis as examples. The partner organ of the lungs is also the large intestine. So anything related to bowel and digestion issues can also indicate stored grief, such as indigestion, constipation, 
um, you know, difficulty or pain going to the bathroom, signifying difficulty letting go, physically and emotionally. Now, off the bat, I want to make it clear that this is from a holistic spiritual perspective, taking into account the mind-body-spirit connection. I personally advocate traditional and modern medicine working together. Please use your discernment and, as I always say, to experiment and try to see if this is true and resonates with you and your body, just in the same way as I say for human design readings. Given this line of thinking, breathwork can assist with processing, moving and shifting grief. I did an Instagram reel visually showing the meridian points you can gently press on whilst breathing in and then release as you breathe out. It's essentially underneath your collarbones, so the way to do it almost initially looks like a soothing hug, which is quite sweet, right? The learning. A good griever looks a certain way. The unlearning. There are no prizes for being the griever that appears to and suffers the most. Grief doesn't have a universal appearance. It isn't just crying. Grief can also look like being on holiday or celebration. Grief is so personal and different for every individual. You don't have to be the martyr that appears to be sad and suffering all the time. Stereotypically, when we visually think of grief, we see crying, sadness, and depression. Some people react differently. Grief doesn't look a certain way. Some may express their sorrow openly, while others may internalize their emotions. Some people do it publicly and others in private. There is no right or wrong way to grieve. At times, it's silent tears or screaming in rage and frustration. Other times, it may be laughing and jovial as you reminisce on fond memories and good times. You can be grieving and still show up. It's interesting too how different cultures grieve. Some see it as a mourning and loss, while others, you know, celebrate life in a joyful manner. I think about how when I first lost my dad, yes, Tears upon tears, but I also did put on a happy face at times, and even though I was smiling and laughing, deep down I was still sad and grieving. Some years across the decade that's been, I cry and other times I don't shed any tears, but I'm still feeling a lot within. The learning. After grief, you fear love and loss. The unlearning. It's okay to lose and to be scared of loving deeply again, but don't let that stop you. You have this phase of YOLO inspired, you know, maybe at some point the fear of loss creeps in again because you're scared to lose because maybe it'll be too difficult. Realize that can be traced to the fear of vulnerability, which is necessary in forming meaningful connections. It's grappling the anxiety of what it means to emotionally invest again after loss because you're terrified of separation through death or something can come to an end again. It's the mental game and anticipation of intense pain which can lead you to adopt a guarded walls-up approach. Love and loss after death can hinder connection or you can let it enrich your life. Love is magical. It is worth the pain, sadness and inevitable end in one way because of how much joy and fulfillment it can bring. Ultimately, none of us escape death. Love compels us to do beautiful, crazy, amazing things Loss is inevitable, but it doesn't have to overshadow the beauty and transformative power of love. Impermanence can be embraced. Nothing lasts forever, and that's duality, good and bad. The learning. You should go back to who you were before grief. The unlearning. After grief is a different you. There is no normal, and that's more than okay. Grief forces us to confront the fragility of life 
and the impermanence of our existence. In the face of loss, we are compelled to reevaluate our priorities and focus on what truly matters. This reassessment often leads to a deeper appreciation for the people and experiences that bring meaning and joy into our lives. Grief helps us to be more grateful and mindful. Grief changes what we value and how we view life. Grief prompts you to reevaluate who you are. And I mean, how can you be the same after a traumatic life-changing event? Ultimately, I personally think grief made me a better person. You become more attuned to the suffering of others and a deepened capacity to feel and have empathy. You value relationships more. You never know when it will be the last time you see or speak to someone. And I think really for me at this 10-year mark, it's about reflecting like how different I was because 10 years ago, I had just turned 20. Now I'm 30, I'm like, wow, like so much has changed. In a way, you feel nostalgic, reminiscent and mourning that innocence and who you were before this kind of changed your life, you know? The learning. A sign of progress is being happy and joyful again. The unlearning. Heartbreak, feeling and crying are signs of progress too. The ability to feel everything rather than solely pursuing happiness after death again is a hallmark of progress in the grieving journey. In the initial stages of grief, there is an overwhelming intensity of sadness, despair and sorrow. Progress is to acknowledge and feel these. They are a testament to the journey of feeling your feelings. It's multifaceted. Then, in the stages of grief, perhaps it's anger, another complexity dabbled with moments of unexpected joy and laughter, despite the grief, the coexistence of joy and sorrow. It's crucial to acknowledge that the goal isn't merely to just be happy again. It's about truly integrating the experience of loss into one's life in a way that is authentic, sustainable and meaningful. Society often places a huge emphasis on external markers of progress, such as returning to work, being present in social activities again, or returning to activities that you're known to love. These are positive steps, but a lot of progress happens internally that can't necessarily be seen. Eventually they will be, but not always immediately. The learning. Grief gets better with time. The unlearning. Grief changes and reshapes with time. Not so much the amount, the pain is the same, but you get upset less frequently or triggered. We grow around it. Grief can be like jumping in and out of puddles one day and another you're in a river stream and it's hard to get out. What is more true to this statement is the journey and progress of adapting and integrating. As time passes, you develop new coping mechanisms insights, understandings, and grief changes form. What was once harsh and pronounced can soften and weave in with life itself. Pangs lessen, there's a sense of acceptance. The yearning and longing are less. Your thoughts aren't just dominated by the loss. You are able to hold more, to enjoy being around people again and experiencing life. The learning. You go through grief once and it's done. The unlearning. Grief involves revisiting it. It's not resolved in one go. Things pop back up. Grief is not a one-time or a one-off event, but a complex and recurring experience that unfolds over the course of your life. Many people mistakenly believe that once they navigate the pain of loss, they have completed the grieving process. However, grief is a dynamic, layered, and involving experience. 
its impact can resurface in various forms at different stages and moments in life. I thought, well, I had delayed grief, so essentially then grieve for another year, and surely it's done, right? No. Grief over my dad would come back during birthdays, milestones, anniversaries, holidays, and random, unexpected, seemingly average, mundane, ordinary days. Grief's recurrence is not an indication of an inability to move on or a lack of progress. Rather, it highlights the ongoing nature of the human experience. These moments serve as opportunities for reflection and provide an opportunity to revisit grief as the familiar visitor that it is. The learning. Grief has to be processed at the moment of death. The unlearning. It's never too late to process grief. For many, the death of a loved one is an overwhelming and surreal life experience. In an ideal world, yes, you would process it in the lead up should you have the opportunity and in the moment, but life isn't perfect. Even in my own case, I had delayed onset grief symptoms a year later. I repressed the grief and became numb because it was too overwhelming. I didn't know what to do. A tidal wave of loss and all the feelings, so many I couldn't really decipher and unpack each one. I was unable to process such a huge shock to the system at that time as the person I was. I repressed grief and ignored it because I needed to survive in the day-to-day. There's delayed grief such as this instance. Both clients have also seen unresolved grief, where someone has not fully come to terms with the loss, perhaps denying reality or the continual yearning that impacts their day-to-day functional living. Another layer to this can be disenfranchised grief, where one doesn't feel like it's acceptable to openly grieve, for example, such as death by suicide, premature loss of a baby. And I think we all know the answers like, oh, I'm fine. And fine really represents feelings inside not expressed. Emotions do not adhere to a strict timeline to be processed. Grief is not a linear experience with a fixed endpoint. Rather, it is a fluctuating and evolving journey. At any point, you can revisit grief and with time, you process it in different ways, having accumulated life experiences, perspectives with a different mindset, emotional capacity. Maybe you'll look back and realize that when the triggers are still sharp, Hey, maybe I haven't fully healed. Maybe I did some healing at the time and I wasn't ready until now to face the full magnitude of the grief that is. Know that it's never too late. The learning. You think the pain and grief are useless. The unlearning. Your pain and grief isn't wasted. It adds more to your life. We deem pain and grieving as negative. It's seen as an unwanted aspect of the human experience. Yet both pain and grieving can play a profound and meaningful role in life. They are natural responses and manifestations of the deep emotional connections we form with others. The intensity of our sorrow is a testament to the significance of the bonds we shared with those who have lost. Grief is a paradox itself, harrowing, haunting, yet beautiful at the same time. Grief, in all its rawness, cracks us open to the depths of how much we can feel the fragility and non-guarantee of life, the resilience of being human. Through grief, we can gain purpose and meaning to life, to embrace it in all of its fullest, to not just be alive but truly live. For some like me, it was the catalyst leading to what I eventually do now as a life coach. But that doesn't mean you have to. You could. Or it could simply be from your experiences being able to comfort and support someone else going through grief. 
It's your ability to be able to connect and understand to a degree what someone else is going through. A sense of unity despite adversity. The learning, they're gone forever. The unlearning, they are truly there with you. For me, it's that obvious angle from a spiritual energetic perspective. Signs and symbols take on new meanings. For many, it could be an animal, a song, a symbol like a feather or flower, lights flickering, electronics misbehaving, dreams, coincidences, synchronicities. You, you can talk to their spirit, essentially, when you understand that energetically they are still here. And that aside, whether you believe it or not, the legacy of a loved one transcends the physical realm. They live on in the stories we share, the traditions we uphold, and the values we carry forward. Their presence becomes a part of us in our identity, in our heart. It could be a piece of advice or a recipe passed down. They inspire you and others on how they lived and the kind of person they were. We can have rituals such as in Asian culture, we leave out meals for loved ones who have passed or light candles and incense. Their impact in our lives is not forgotten, whether it was a kind act they did or the remembrance of their favourite song. This wraps up today's episode on 10 unlearnings on grief I've had 10 years after losing my dad. Unlearning is all about shedding societal expectations, debunking myths and allowing for a more authentic and compassionate experience of loss. The journey unlearning grief is an ongoing one that is all about self-compassion, patience and leaning into, feeling and embracing our emotions, all part of the amazing thing that we have called life. And if you haven't read my book already, The Great Unlearning, you'll find more of my grief experiences throughout my 20s there. Until next time, beautiful soul. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, Beautiful Soul. And if you're interested in working with me, I offer one-to-one coaching as well as human design readings. For more information, visit my website, feedang.com or message me on Instagram at the feedang. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, beautiful soul.